0: Podcast Revolution Network presents
1: The Way welcome to another edition of The Wait with Anoa. Um, I'm really excited to introduce this conversation that is coming up. It's uh, I had an opportunity to talk with Sabrina Schrader. Uh, many of you may have caught the MSNBC town hall uh, with Chris Hayes and Bernie Senator Bernie Sanders in McDowell County, West Virginia. Sabrina uh, had the um, it's a privilege to be one of, you know, the people who were able to, to testify, to give, to stand on, to sit on the stage and, and, and tell her story. Right. And for so many people who had a response watching, I remember talking with one of my friends, um, Stella Hetherington, you know, one of her responses was, man, she could have been talking about Chicago. You know, she could have been talking about such and such and such as I've heard other people say the same thing. And that's why I like having these conversations with people about, you know, their communities, the issues they're facing and, and and just, you know, really where they stand on so many different things. And and, you know, as you'll hear, I mean, this is a this is just our conversation. This is two friends having a talk about where we stand, what we think and how we engage in the political world around us. But this is also really important for me. And I really hope we can get some, you know, please, everyone like share, um, you know, leave a comment. But make sure let's get this circulated, too, because because Sabrina's voice is one of many voices upon many voices across the country in these areas where we have, you know, all these different, you know, progressive or left organizations like, like yeah, we got to get in there and we got to get rid of Joe Manchin or, yeah, we got to get rid of so-and-so or these people are trash and these people deserve better. That that could all that is all very well true in many cases. Right. But what we also are not doing in some of those conversations and spaces is centering the voices in narratives of people on the ground. So while, you know, those of us who exist in other places may have certain experiences in terms of organizing, in terms of, you know, pulling people together, you know, to to, to do a campaign to work on particular issues, that's a skill set that we might have developed that can be an asset to the people we say we want to ally with, right? But at the same time, we need to make sure we're listening to people on the ground, to, to what we you know continue to call the grassroots, to folks who have been living and breathing and existing in these communities and in these spaces for generations, and they understand what is happening on the most basic levels of their community. You know, without that inside knowledge, we're going to be stuck fighting political, formidable, like insurmountable political, otherwise insurmountable political option, op, uh, obstacles, um, you know, it's like going in blind, and, and, and this is one of the you know. I know folks sometimes don't are, are not happy with me, with my burning critiques, but I do feel that this is one of the things that the burning campaign did not do well consistently. Um, and this is a lesson that we definitely can learn to improve upon it, right? And especially with our revolution and other groups moving to more of a local-based focus, having these conversations with folks like Sabrina, making sure that whatever you know strategies we're willing to back or or, or support or whatever or lead, they're they're involving people who are local to the conditions and the situations that we're trying to change. And and so please, you know, listen to this conversation with Sabrina. Um, I really enjoyed. I'm actually I'm actually just listening most of the time myself because she's such a great speaker. And it's not like you got to have the most the best, you know, tone or inflection in your voices. You don't have to be, you know, a charming so and so like, you know, Barack Obama when you talk. But when you just speak truthfully. Right. And engaging. And that's what Sabrina does. Sabrina just talks from the heart and tells her story and different things that she's worked on. Locally, and how she's come to be where she is, and and I think that these are the stories, and this is the understanding we need to have if we are going to start talking about how to how to create a, a more progressive change that's sustainable and transformative in various parts of the country, right? As we're as we're continue to build out this this movement space, we've all been in. So, like, you know, share and and and, and sit back and listen. Thank you.
0: Wow, uh, you know people like me who are still feel like they're underground like other people are on the ground right you know we're under <laughs> the ground. and and we're like uh well you're doing all that to get a question on a, a video of what you think from your professional viewpoint or whatever mm-hmm. and uh you you don't you're not even Ten uh, percent interested in coming to a, a rally that okay. we're having. We had at the uh, West Virginia Capitol to say coal miners' oh, health yes. insurance benefits that they paid into.
1: You know, like how they paid into that? Right, right, right. How was know, the what, How I, was the rally? I remember seeing the post you shared. I, I actually I, found pictures from I think maybe three years ago when coal miners. Um, what was it when Patri- Patriot Coal was going through their bankruptcy and they were trying to cut some mm-hmm. certain benefits? Then I remember this is when I used to live in Charleston. I remember walking at lunch, um, and I was like, I said, "Who?" I said, "There's a protest downtown." I said, "What is going on?" And then someone, I stopped someone walking over, and I was like, "What's going on?" You know, like like this was amazing to see, and 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 that's what it was was the Patriot Coal, uh, um, you know, bankruptcy reauthorization. I can't remember exactly. It was something that they were trying to do. They were trying to cut people out, like you were saying, benefits that were paid into. But we see this so much. We expect people to put their lives on the line, to put their their health on the line, right? To provide not just a resource, you know, that gets provided to. It's not even like it's just being provided to their own communities and their their uh, the state as a whole. Like you, you, I think you were the one that made this point before. Coal miners, the sacrifice that coal miners in your community, other communities across the state make that takes care of the rest of the country and if not, you know, parts of the world too. And it's not being reinvested back in the community. And that was just such a strong point that, that I I think you had made before. So um, how, how was the rally and how was, how has that, or how was organizing that? Well, um, excuse me. Um,
0: It turned into, it was, no matter what, we were going to make something good happen from it. -hmm. So, Dina Lucian, who spoke, and I mean, it took me, really, almost three whole months to get her um, to come to the town hall Mm -hmm. in McDowell, and and along with others, and there's a lot of other people I talked to that did not come, Uh, you know, 350 people at the town hall, people don't understand uh, how much work it is, and how hard it is, and how... um, a lot of times you're just uh, doing all this. Uh, there's a lot of things by yourself, and right. and you're just pushing through because that's how much you care. <laughs> you want to see a difference happen, like a difference that should have been made. But Zena and I went with her 14 year old son and four month old baby, and she is also uh, four months pregnant. Mm, mm. Uh, to the Capitol, and she wore a, a United Mine Workers uh, t shirt. Her, I mean, we've had family members that are gone that were coal miners, right. and um, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. I have, I don't know if my top has got one of those letters or not, but. Uh, You know, while I love my papa and, and I do anything for my papa, like, we're doing something for everybody. I right. mean, like, this is not going to help the, uh, like, people who can't see through the darkness or doesn't realize things they're going to... Right now, they're, they're starting to get worse, but they're going to get a lot worse. And uh it's getting... It's been pretty petty for those who... uh wanna act like we're doing something wrong. But anyway, um <clears throat> we went to the Capitol and there's an organizer in Charleston that I had been working with mm-hmm. in previous years. Um Alexander Gallo. Okay. She helped us with and Tina Gray, she's a black woman who lives in the district that I live in in Mercer County, uh okay. who is uh a veteran and She was in the Army, and she was in uh, Desert Storm, and and she came. Okay. And we invited all kinds of people. And after the town hall, a man from Florida who identifies himself as a Jewish progressive Democrat who used to um, have hatred in his heart against what he calls evangelical Christians Mm. because of stereotypes he's seen on TV shows. Um, after he watched the town hall and heard Philip say, Tina's husband, that he thinks every person in America should have health insurance, it made him realize that they had the yeah, you know, his family and him had believed the lies they had seen on T V just people saying that um we were full of age. Right. So it it provoked him so much that here he's a man in his fifties and has Um, severe health issues, Mm. and he described himself as, before watching that town hall, as a dead man walking, but this man's so ignited with passion, he lives in Florida, and he's calling and messaging us, and made himself a Facebook account, he's learning how to use technology so he can communicate with us, and And he created and paid for a website to to petition on Americans for Minors. And he's like, we are going to have to help him because, like, oh, my God, they're just going to let these people die. That's what they've been allowing mm-hmm, to happen. So, mm-hmm. he he's doing everything he can. Um, and so, we have this, uh, we have the website and petition. We've got, like, a few hundred um, signatures. <laughs> we need millions. I okay. mean, like, and I'm just like, I have... Um, Done so much on so many levels that I didn't even know existed before, from 2013 to now, and I keep going into those levels. But mm-hmm. while I can connect the dots and follow up with people and stuff, it seems like uh, the majority of people aren't doing that, and and so it's like we can talk about movement and things, but the movement where I'm at. Is only building, like, it's taken years to get another person to get to where they're not afraid to speak.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's for many reasons why, at the same time, like we talked about, <laughs> you mentioned, there's people who haven't gone through the experience to get to talk all day long. People right. want to listen to them, right. Uh, right. but they really don't welcome listening to us. You know, <laughs> like, I mean, it's right. not... Not being one of those feel good, oh we care about you kind of things. It's one of those I know I'm gonna get be dodging bullets and getting hit with arrows, uh, and I'm just gonna have to suck it up and keep moving forward. It's gonna hurt, but um, if we if we don't do it, and no one else is, uh, you know, like so we we have to do it so we can make change happen. Right, and and right. I am seeing change happen. Like with all the hatred, I, I I get to see. So like, let me add to that. Okay, so we um recorded videos, and they was mm-hmm. pretty beautiful. Um, of each of us talking at the Capitol, and uh, Dana and Philip's fourteen um, year old son, Philip Jeffrey Lucian, started it out talking okay. about he feels bad, retired miners. You know, like, I mean, they get broke back. Some of them take care of their grandchildren, and you take away their pensions and their health insurance, they're going to take care of their grandchildren. Right, You right. know, <laughs> so and um, they lose their pensions and things here. They have all these health problems, and they're not going to be able to get their medicines. Like, how is this? It, this is not right. So, I mean, a 14-year-old is saying this. So, um Dina, uh, she spoke, I spoke, Alex spoke, and Tina spoke, and and it was really beautiful. And um, Tina asked uh, Dina uh, something. Well, Dina was talking about how she had voted for Donald Trump, but she was really, like, not not happy that she voted for Donald Trump now, that
1: Mm -hmm. she
0: was really starting to see that, he's not the kind of person that she
1: thought he was. Right. Okay. So like with, with the, just thinking about like, you know, like you were saying, like it it, it takes so long to get people to the point where they're really ready to stand up and get, and get active and involved. Like, what do you think it takes, um, to help reach people, I mean, you know, to help folks be engaged more or or understand they do have a voice that they can or they should, you know, um, um, fight for for, for their communities. So, Uh, I, I know what I
0: was saying. Okay. So, every day you're getting hit with several traumatic experiences and it may be things directly happen to you and then and or like your siblings your parents your grandparents i mean like it's it's happening and, and if you're working a job or trying to raise kids or whatever it is that you're just trying to do every day to just um survive like yeah. to keep breathing and your heart keep pumping um it's hard so i've thought about this and i'm just like you know they see they see, they've seen that when I do it, I mean, it's getting easier and it's happening less and less that so many, uh, people want to attack. Like the group's getting smaller with me, uh, cause I know how to better defend myself of one now. Um, but, um, it would be great that instead of having to sacrifice yourself and throw yourself out to possibly be slaughtered, that if you had a reward for people that were mm-hmm. going to speak, and it was more than one person, it was like the whole community is going to do this. Well, uh, one reward that would happen, I mean, honest to God, they have all these grant programs, and they're saying, oh, we're going to trade this for that or give money for this. Well, we need to give people some money because they don't have enough of it.
1: You know,
0: it's like, uh, you know, Phillips said, you know, he starts out at the town hall talking about how he'll always be, he loves being being a coal miner and he'll always be one, but then he's like, I mean, it's not a glamorous job, you Mm -hmm. know, like it's like, basically it doesn't feel good, but we're going to do whatever we got to do to feed our family. Right. You know, so it's basically saying, well, if there was something out there, you know, that was Decent or could provide, we would do it. So, um people who say, "Well, coal miners, they'll only, they'll only," I mean, it's excuse. I mean, right, it's propaganda. Right. Like it's brainwashing. Like, oh, they, they will only mine coal. They won't do nothing else. Well, that's the biggest lie ever. And then people act like, I, I mean, I've seen it, uh, especially since I ran for office last year, where people who wasn't from around here would say. Oh, those poll miners they won't listen to me because I'm not gonna say I'm a republican. And I'm like, What? <laughs> I mean like the, or they won't talk to them because they think well it's like there's there, there's these these lines that has been drawn that we don't even know. Right. You know, that has been drawn against us. Um so um So what do you so the, think we have Oh no I'm sorry, go ahead. And we, so we had the rally at the Capitol and we recorded those videos because, mm-hmm. and I said, I said, it doesn't matter how many people here now, with that being said, you know, it's a Friday and, you know, when people get off work on Friday, they want to go home. With that being said... There were uh, people like the people who were like the janitors or, mm-hmm. or you know, the what what you say the people at the bottom of the totem pole at the Capitol. They stayed afterwards and they really? listened to us. Yeah. And they That's and they was it. on steps at the top and they would listen to us and there were people on the side of the street. I mean, one man was recording um young Philip when he was talking. He made a video of him and
1: uh
0: I mean like these All these things helped us (laughs) when, you know, our fellow West Virginians didn't show up to help us, you know, uh, show their support. I cannot get it. People are busy, but I mean, they got to get out of their head that you're supposed to talk to them like 15 times before uh, they're supposed to do anything. And they're just going to show up and hold up a poster and then leave. I mean, like that's that's not going to help us anyway. So, um, like we need people to actually uh have their uh passion ignited to help help each other, mm-hmm. <laughs> not somebody speak to the fire. I mean, I get it people are upset, but I mean, putting people to speak to the fire right now really ain't helping us. like we gotta unite our people. but after that happens, Alexandra, you know, she had Facebook live the video said former Trump supporter, of and That was one of the videos. And, like, I mm-hmm. wish that the other video was linked to that, too, so that people could watch them both. Right. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, it, the reason that she said that was to add fuel to her passion of fire. Like, you know, I was already trying to do what I could for my children, but, I mean. Right, you know, right, right. Uh, like, we, we got to get our state turned around. Well, I shared it with... Uh, A group, a small group of people that I had just briefly met at the town hall
1: Mm
0: -hmm. has a Facebook page called Save Main Street. Yes. Uh, Yes,
1: yes, Annabelle. Annabelle
0: and, um, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So, well, I tagged them in it and then they shared it. And it was like, (laughs) I know, I already knew what Dina was going to go through. (laughs) Cause I already been to this, and when I went through it, I didn't have any encouragement or support. Ooh. Like it was just like you know, just thrown as a wolf. Right. So, uh, and that's not what you're expecting either. You're you know, you're doing everything you can to overcome your fears, just to speak, and you think it's going to work out for you, which it does, right? But there's so many uh, times when you're feeling so bad about it because of what people who aren't led by love have to say about you okay. and and cool. uh, th- they call us ignorant but really they're ignorant <laughs> like they, they don't know what we go through and they lack compassion to um, uh, listen for a minute to, to right. try to care. So um, they got shared and I, I told Dina I was like, okay um, I'm sending the video to MSNBC's All in Creta show. See, if they want to do something about it, you know, because nobody's coming forward. She's the first to come forward, that I've seen, mm-hmm. to publicly just say, well, and it's not so much that she made a mistake. I mean, my God, she's full of fear. I mean, like, you know, people are like, oh, she's admitting it. She's admitting it. And it's just like, who cares? You know, <laughs> what's, what's being admitted? Like, we got we to gotta do something good and right about this. Right. People were attacking her, and it hurts. It hurts me. It hurts Alex. It hurts anybody who sees it. They're like, oh, my gosh. You know, like, she did something good and right. How can you people be so mean? Well, then, uh, you know, Dana's like, oh, maybe I should have done this. And she's like, oh, no. And then, you know, it's getting up to 40,000 views. And she's like, oh, this is too much. And I'm like, no, it's not. You know, like, I've been through it. You know, it's like, you know, you're going to have an impact on people. And while there's one of these and negatives, you're always going to have it. And you're, you're going to help other people start to to be able to listen, to think maybe, maybe they shouldn't have voted for him either. And now what can we do about it?
1: Right, right. Uh, together. And not just maybe we shouldn't have voted for him, but then like how do we, because so many people focus right now on how awful he is or how he's not doing what he said he would do. And granted, there's a lot of stuff going on that's pretty bad. But as you already know from your own experience, living in your own community and being in West Virginia, there is a systemic issue with the way, you know, our communities. I grew up on the south side of Chicago and in New York. So I grew up in low income, you know, predominantly black Latino communities. But from the time I spent in West Virginia, I noticed a lot of similarities, you know, in terms of places with high concentrations of poverty. And, and and you know limited job opportunity things like that we have a systemic issue with the way our communities are invested the way people are invested in right and so so we we, we need to also have this bigger conversation about how do we begin to you know help and empower and encourage and engage you know our people our communities to build something better because whether 45 is in office you know whether he gets some pee, any of that stuff we still have these other issues that have pre predate him in our community, so I like what you said about leading by love, um, and and trying to understand people. You know what what's motivating them and where they're coming from, and, and and it did take a does take a lot of courage to get up there and speak your truth, um, particularly when so many other people, even if they might privately agree, aren't willing to step out there. Well, uh, I
0: wanted to add to that. Um, Some things. But I'm getting to see, and I saw this when I was younger. I mean, mm-hmm. I might have been a teenager because I would always uh, do my best to help people get along better. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like my siblings would say I was a peacemaker, uh, you know, and I, but, but at the same time, I've learned how to be an agitator to <laughs> people. Yeah, you got to shake the hell out of them and be like, we got to do something, you know, um, like now. Um, but, um, I uh I've seen it's been many years since I've seen this. But um what I'm seeing now is along with you know, it's like it didn't I didn't want Dina to get on video and talk about how she made a mistake for voting with Donald Trump, right? Like that that wasn't nothing that I thought was even important. What mm-hmm. I thought was important is that she was speaking. <laughs> you know, like that her fear hadn't paralyzed her voice anymore. Right. Yes, right. I know what that feels like. That happened to me for my first 29 years of life. So, and people think I've said enough and I need to shut up. Well, I haven't even really got started. That's right. So, <laughs> so like, I mean, there's that, that a whole lot to catch up on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm moving forward at the same time. And I'm pulling up anybody who knows what any of it feels like they can come with me, you know, if they want to not in this just for myself. So um people are pointing out, they're saying, like on the Save Main Street videos, it's like so much negativity, so much negativity. And then, then you'd have a group of like positive people like, How brave, God bless you and thank you and wow, this is amazing and welcome to the team. And then there will right. be people say And maybe they knew each other beforehand when they saw the negative comments. I don't know. But regardless if they did or did not, this is what I've seen. It took a couple days. (laughs) But someone would say something like, well, you say you don't like like Donald Trump because he said this about someone else. But, I mean, like the same hatred is in you directing it towards Dina Mm -hmm. just because... He's trying to, trying to help. Right. And then, like, not everyone. It's not the majority yet, but it's like, they go, oh, you know, I didn't realize that I wasn't even being a nice person. And then they would say, well, I'm sorry, and you're right, and I admit this, and I'm going to be better.
1: Right,
0: right. And I can to do better. And then they would, pu- I mean, they were publicly you know, with, there's over 200,000 views on this video, or, or maybe even more now. It was yesterday. There were 200,000 views, and people are like, well, I mean, if she got out there in front of the place, and then I threw some stones at her, well, i got to ask her for forgiveness. <laughs> you know, maybe I can be an example and say, we got to stop being mean. Right. Each other. And Absolutely. so that's been happening, and then... I was just glancing at my Facebook page yesterday. I, I was pretty busy, but I can glance and, tip, I mean, I'm a fast catcher. You know, I can mm-hmm. see the, with like things going on in the post. And it was just like people that i never seen post things like this before. And I don't know if something was in the news or what, but they were just acting like uh, so-called white Christians hated all Muslims and wanted them to die, like that that was the theme of their post. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, I'm in shock to be seeing this. Like, this isn't true. And so I made a post about it and talked about generalizations and accusations and everybody in one group doesn't act the same. And, you know, like, this isn't true. And so then someone who had said something of that sort, Admitted, like, well, you know what, I did work this wrong, and I, and it was a wide sleeping generalization, and I'm sorry, and I'm gonna change that, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna do better, you know, like that's the main point of it, and it's like, wow, like people are really get to the point where they will brave their souls too, <laughs> like so, that's the thing. If you can do it, I can do it. If I can do it, you can do it. We can do this. And, you know, we keep saying, we're all in this together, and people will say, no, we're not, and we're on this side, and we're on this It doesn't matter which side you're on, no matter what, we are in this together, like it or not. You know, we are in this together, so the faster people realize that we are in this together, and that we need to help each other, and then we do whatever is required to help each
1: other, the faster we're going to see our whole country turn around, right, right. So in thinking about just local, like we've seen, like I said, we've seen a lot of attention, you know, placed on, um, you know, uh, Mercer County, McDowell, West Virginia as a whole, right. What what do you think it'll take to get people more involved locally? I mean, obviously, you mentioned something that's very real, you know, helping to put money um, in communities and then directly investing in people but what do you think it'll take to help more people um step out of those places of fear maybe and start using their voices to to, to work with others well
0: well you know i'm leading by an example of what i'm doing myself and i'm doing everything i can which is uh not typical of the things I, the things that i'm doing it's not typical for really hardly anybody else to do right now because i let go of the professional employment establishment. Okay, <laughs> in 2014. <laughs> I said, screw this. Okay. I don't want to be a professional. Like, this isn't right. Like, cause when I was a sub called professional, I couldn't make Facebook posts. I couldn't say what I wanted. I couldn't even say I was a Christian. Like, there was so many uh, boxes oh. that I was put in and all these rules that I had to follow to keep my stupid little job that didn't give me any money for anything. You know, like, it kept me in the hole. Right. Uh, and they didn't care about me. I mean, I worked at places that had mold in the building. They didn't care about me. They didn't care if I fell over dead. Um, lungs shaking in my chest full of infection and get overdosed on steroids by the doctors. I mean, that's what happened to me in 2013. I still had to work in that building for a year. And my uh, bosses were bullied. And they wanted me to quit, I guess, because they didn't want a little lawsuit. They didn't want the the so-called poor holler girl to sue them for some thousands of dollars. which ain't nothing, you know. Right, <laughs> what, right. what you go through, it's not worth your life. And um, I I didn't sue them, but I stayed in that job for another whole year. And I was having chest pains, when I'd just get to the building, my heart would start hurting, and. Uh, it was just so bad. There was not really nothing good about it. It uh, used to be I'd be like, oh, i have sacrificed myself to help these teenagers because nobody helped me, and I'm going to tell them what nobody told me, and maybe that will help them, and it won't take them a third of their life to start to realize what's going on. So, you know, if you live to be 100 years, right. you know, a third of your life. Um, and, and I did that, and that, that sustained me for a while until it couldn't. And uh it I was like, Well this is not worth it and I ain't gotta get out of here. I mean, like they really don't care if I die. So I left. I still kept trying to find different jobs and stuff and it didn't work. Well that wasn't that wasn't what I was supposed to do. You know, people kept saying, I'll get your master's degree and I was trying to do that when I got sick. Like, Well, when I the when the straw, the last straw fell? Right, like I was already right. sick. Um, the straw that Broke broke Sabrina's back, and she's like, "Enough is enough! Like I can't go by this anymore." Um, that happened, and I'm like, "Okay, well, the I got so sick that all I could do was tell my story. Mm-hmm. That's all I could do. I couldn't do much anything else. I couldn't even hardly walk. <laughs> I mean, like when I showed up at meetings and stuff where somebody would ask me to come and speak." And my husband had to help me a lot physically, getting dressed and trying to take a shower and trying to fix my hair, because I couldn't do it anymore. You know, I couldn't do it anymore. And and that was overwhelming for uh, both of us. But, you know, like, and I couldn't drive myself anymore. I couldn't do it. And so I was forced to receive help, whether I wanted it or not. I, I had to get help. I had to let people help me. I hated myself at first for it, but it's what needed to happen so that I would start to allow myself to love myself, too. You know, just love everybody else like I had been and leaving myself out. Well, um, to answer your question, I've been working on a couple of books about my experiences. And um, one... Is just about my perspective with the way I've grown up and what I was born into and how I think. Mm-hmm. And the other is since I started facing the biggest fear that I had in <laughs> public speaking about politics and being a poor person, I didn't, know, I didn't know I was a poor person. Nobody wants to be a poor person. Like people say poor people. I never would call somebody poor. Uh, and, you know, so like the people on the ground to get paid salary jobs from their grant-funded operations. They're like, oh, the poor people, we got to help poor people. Stop doing that. That's like a derogatory, <laughs> I think calling call poor people. You know, like it's like that's a bullying. Like when do they realize they're not, they're being bullied. Like, oh, well, look, I always feel sad and sorry for them while we get paid to so-called provide services. Um, so I figured out I was living in poverty in 2013. Here I had gotten a bachelor's of social work degree, read all about poverty, and didn't know when they talked about at-risk children, they were talking about me. I didn't know what those words meant. And when I was, um, taking classes for the master's of social work program, so I wanted to be a counselor, uh, they said I could be once a bachelor's degree, but that was a lie. So, I mean, I got, I thought into that Why I paid, been paying for that one and reaping the crap from that for many years. But um, I wanted to be a counselor. I wanted to help people who were struggling because I'd struggled through a lot. And um, I, Appalachian culture was one of the classes I had to take. And the first assignment was to define Appalachian culture and I was so left out of education and information that I had no clue that I was an Appalachian or that anybody was. I didn't know what, I didn't know that West Virginia was the only state completely encompassed by the Appalachian Mountains and that we have a diverse and unique culture here. And if you really want to get to the nitty gritty, where I grew up in McDowell County, the most Appalachian you could get. But those people are, are left out. They're just left out. Just period. Where so, um, so um, I, in my assignment, I actually wrote an essay on how Appalachian culture wasn't real and that it didn't exist. Well, guess what? You're not real and don't exist if you don't speak. Mm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You don't, you don't, you don't get to be on the page. You don't get to be on the page. You know, the other day, uh, my husband took me to North Carolina to celebrate my birthday uh, at a place called Hot Springs, and I saw uh, a game that said Appalachian Trail, and I was like, "Oh, because people didn't teach us how to read maps." So I'm like, "Oh, Appalachian Trail, I want to see." what that is, and it's a game and it's got a map in it, so I want that. So he got me that. And as we were leaving, uh, I'm opening it up and everything, and I'm looking at the map, and it doesn't look like West Virginia is included in the Appalachian Trail. <laughs> and I mean, we're seeing, Florida, you know, all over North Carolina, and we're seeing these businesses, and they look like they're thriving. They they act like me. They act like McDowell County heart-loving people mm-hmm. in North Carolina, that people from all over the world go to see those hot springs and go to eat their food there. But little West by Virginia ain't on that Appalachian trail. I'm like, Virginia is, but why aren't we? And then my husband's like, oh, well, you don't know the reasons why. It's like, it doesn't matter what the reasons why. We're the only state that's completely encompassed by the Appalachian Mountains. And we aren't treated of value
1: <laughs> like that I mean the I mean look at the you look at the way that business and industry has you know pimped out the state basically resources and people I mean that there is something really telling right there in what you just said Um, that's the, the lack of the treated and valued like what is it yeah I mean, it seems like there are things moving along just from we left in uh, 2014, you know, after the elk, my kids and I moved um, to Georgia closer to my family after the 2014, um, the elk river chemical spill. And, uh, you know, just, but just looking and watching and talking to folks and seeing just, you know, and it's progressing things are, people are getting out there and things are, are moving along, but there's still so much that's just so frustrating and but what you just said about the value not being valued by the outside but also not being valued by certain folks on the inside that manipulate and put their people in power and that's all they're focused on and not focused on you know public service and serving the people um you know and and what does you know we got all like we talked about in the very beginning we got all these folks we're talking about oh you gotta you got a primary joe Manchin. you oh, know you gotta do this oh we need this But, like, what does it really look like to build, you know, a movement of self-determination and and engagement, you know, at the local level in a state that is the only state that's not only, like you said, completely encompassed by the Appalachian Mountains, but it's so often removed or excluded from these other opportunities, um, you know, that could help boost tourism and and that could drive, you know, small business and economic development and stuff.
0: Well sometimes I sidetrack the tangents and so then I'm I glossed over the point that I'm trying to make mm-hmm. with the two books, not only that I'm writing, not only will they teach people and help them realize like, wow, she was going through all that because I mean like the really the professional people are just like, oh look, she just wants this to be the Sabrina show mm. well why not because the, the people like Sabrina aren't getting represented. <laughs> you
1: know? Story. Uh-huh. I was like, why well, well,
0: let's turn it into a show every day, baby. Like, you know, if that's what we got to do. Oprah Winfrey's got a show. Like, <laughs> uh, like you know, and so her daddy was a coal miner. I mean, she comes from Mississippi. My grandmother on my dad's side died in Tupelo, Mississippi, which was the poorest town in America until 2012. Mm-hmm. Until a manufacturing company came and over 80,000 jobs were there. They started leaving as soon as they got there. You know, the outsourcing and taking their jobs in other countries not caring about Americans is a real problem. But after I get a book done, I know people are going to buy it. I know they are. People in other countries are messaging me right now. They have been for months. Right. Once our revolution endorsed me, that opened up doors for people around the world to say, well, look what Sabrina Schrader's doing. Right. <laughs> we did other countries. And they, they said, we want to interview you. And I'm like, what? And at first, I was giving them all. I mean, some of these people are coming, like the Guardian. And they come over here. I was with them for four days. We were going back and forth from Mercer McDowell, Mercer McDowell, and they were two really good guys, Mm -hmm. Um, Tom Silverstone Mm -hmm. and uh, Paul Lewis. Um, I was afraid. I'm still afraid. I was still afraid to trust people. I still was afraid how they were going to paint this picture of what I would tell them and introduce them to my people. You know, when you say my people, it's our people. I'm like, well, I don't see you doing much for my people. (laughs) Well, I mean, I don't see things getting better for my people. Yours might be okay and doing better than mine right now, but um for me and mine, it ain't looking that way, and so I'm gonna keep running my mouth <laughs> you know <laughs> so um we did that, and that was really physically hard. I mean, they were even they were like, oh, we didn't know that hard just to drive here was gonna be and I'm like, yeah. yeah driving all over the state since 2013 like at my own expense you know like i'm like i gotta get in these meetings and learn how the other people think <laughs> so we can try to repair the risk right and on the well they don't like it when you tell them they're wrong they're leaving you out of the picture they're making things worse for your people because they're just trying to pay their bills they don't like that, but it doesn't feel good. It didn't feel good when I found out we were the ones living in poverty. No matter how hard we worked, we wasn't going to get out of it. You know, <laughs> like, so I was like, I got to figure this out. I didn't know about the system. I'd heard about systematic oppression. I didn't know what that meant. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't have a dictionary when I was a kid. Nobody taught me to use a dictionary. I would have to just guess what stuff meant. Act like I knew it. And really, I rolled the punches my whole life. <laughs> I was mm-hmm. all lot. You know, most of it was right, but I was just making it up. Um, so um, once I have a book done, I'm going to have money. And that Guardian video, it's got released in October. I mean, we did that back in August. Okay. So just don't flip it around. You know, like it doesn't just happen overnight and then right. video. um, So it came out in August. It's got over 8 million views. Okay. Yeah. And, and so I'm like, there's 8 million people who've watched that video. There's at least 8 million people that will buy my books And so when I have something together, most of these books each have 30,000 words each right now. And I mean, I'm working on everything else. But the, the, they say grassroots movement. No, I ain't in a grassroots movement. I'm under the ground. Mm. I'm. We're designing a system that's never, and that to my knowledge or anybody else's that I've talked to, that's ever been created. And I'm designing it using common sense. <laughs> you know, what's good for us would be good for everybody else, too. Okay. You know, for other people, it should be good for us, too. You know, like, not just for people who have college degrees and went through certain training. Because I did that, and it didn't work for me, did it? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. Um, then I can pay people and then the, I can give them jobs because it's not just like oh you have to volunteer and you have to do this and that's not going to be enough you can volunteer yourself out and not have nothing left I did that
1: people still got to eat and live though this is what I tell when we talk about money just what you just said you got to gotta pay people got to give them jobs I mean you know movements and causes and justice that's, that's, that's beautiful and I absolutely believe in it but we can't expect the poorest among us, the folks with the least, to get uh-huh. all of themselves and still have nothing to show for it, you know, in terms of That's what it is. That's what yeah.
0: it is, though. Yeah. That, you know, I got told at the national convention, and, I mean, and the woman ended up, she's like, she's just the top. She's over the me. She wanted to help me, but like at the end of the national convention, the Ooh. Democratic national convention, like, and that was pure hell. Like it was hell. Mm-hmm. My ankles were swollen in hundred degree weather. Nobody would show me where to get water. I mean, you want to see some evil? You'll see elderly women passing out in hundred five degree weather, and people are so starstruck. Want to go to a concert or see somebody running for president? But they don't care. Ooh. You know, like they they don't care. The people are passing it out. It's like, oh, this is not good. You know, <laughs> like, and nobody wants to talk about that. You know, like, right. this is not good. what are these people being led by? You know, this is not the same thing I'm being led by. You know, <laughs> like, what is going on here? Um, but it's like, I needed to get in there so I could learn. And people would say, oh, how fun and exciting. I'm like, none of that was fun and exciting. Like, that's not why I went. <laughs> like, that, that's not why I braved my life and risked my life to be there. Um, and had to ask people for money, you know, like, so I could go because I didn't have it. You know, I didn't want to do that, but I did it um, because I was representing my state. So um, you see all that happening, and then, like, I'm singing. there's an army rising up to break every chain, break every chain. Break every chain. Well, people think I'm crazy. I'm in the parking lot praising Jesus Christ, praising my God. saying, break these chains, Lord, break them. I <laughs> see. I'm wanting to make a video to inspire other people because we're like this is hell. We're none of us is feeling good. Nobody's feeling good about this. And um, I'm singing, and it's a woman's like what are you bringing to the table, Sabrina? What are you going to bring to the table? And I'm like, I'm bringing everything I got. <laughs> She's like, what, what are you bringing? I'm like, I'm giving my all. And she says, but what are you going to bring? And I said, like a woman from New York had seen me on C-SPAN. Now, mm-hmm. now, West Virginia, made, most of West Virginians probably had no clue I made C-SPAN in June, uh, July. Uh, talking about the wage reduced poverty in America. You know, I'm like, right. so, like not just our little West by God, like America. Um she was up in the middle of the night and saw me on C stand and she was same age as me, grew up in New York and messages me and is like, I'm sure our culture is like really different. Um, but when you spoke, you spoke for me. <laughs> like like you spoke for yeah. me too. And so we had become friends. And we had met there, and she introduced me to some teachers in New York. And at first, these teachers that I could just see it. She thought that I didn't know how any of this worked. Like she didn't know, like and and a few years ago, I didn't. But it doesn't matter if you know how it works. It matters if you know how to think to figure out what you need to do next and who will help you. Absolutely. Like that's what matters. So uh, she kept telling me to go to some training, and where I was at and overload and had so much stress I was having spasms in my back. So it looked like I was anxious but really I was in pain. And so I was like, you just don't understand uh, you know, what like what I'm going through right now and I do know what I'm talking about and then I showed her how I'd already went to the train that she was talking about right. and I had the car to prove it and started using some of the words, some of the burn right, right. in there. And then she was like, You know what you're doing, you know what you're doing but down here, I don't want to use all that language because those words confuse when You don't know what they mean. Absolutely. So I, I try to make things as simple as I can. Well, uh, she had my my friend who, my newfound friend from New York had talked to her friend. And she said, you know, because she was, she didn't know if this was going to offend me, right? Well, I don't care to get offended. Like, I want the truth out there, right? Mm. So she's like, pretty didn't get a book in school to the fourth grade and the only book she had at home was a bible because i said well i mean i didn't know i had to read no king james virgin bible i didn't know that was just another english language i mean i spent almost my whole life trying to this- <laughs> 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 and it stopped me from reading it like i wanted it right I was- you know like. <laughs> I want to know these pastors and preachers got to be some daggone geniuses they can understand what those words mean because I couldn't figure them out well since February last year I've been looking up all the words and you know I've got eight books left in the Bible and I've been writing in it and I was taught not to write in books and not to mm-hmm. dis- anything so I've been writing in it asking questions like people say I'll pay Caesar what he do. is what Jesus said. Well, what was the percentage Caesar charged? Anybody asking that? Oh. <laughs> Jesus oh. said what he He thought it was okay for Caesar to charge what he did. What percentage income was it? I mean, come on now. Let's get some common sense about it. Um, so I looked at the woman because I knew it had sparked something in the teacher to help understand that, I mean, I'm figuring out everything right like at one time it's not like I got schooled in all this um I said I'm bringing to the table a perspective of a person who didn't get a book in school until the fourth grade and she goes I want to learn from you and I said good
1: (laughs) but like you said that is that is and what we don't understand because we don't take the time to listen to people who grow up you know like the like a lot of folks do a lot of folks grow up in, in in common in certain circumstances and we usually don't get to hear those perspectives we'll hear the story of somebody who quote unquote struggled as a child but became middle class or upper class or now they're a professor or a politician or whatever But their parents struggled, but they still have a nice, neat little tale of struggle, right? It's not real. It's not gritty. It's not, you know what I'm saying? It's not perfect. It's not nice. I mean, there's a lot of struggle. And I think people have a tendency to gloss over struggle or gloss over hard conditions as if it's something bad or something to be ashamed of. But like you just illustrated, it's actually something that's powerful, empowering and can provide a way to help us figure out how do we then you know, reach, engage, and bring other people in into the fold, into these spaces and conversations.
0: Well, to the people who think that once you get to the so called middle class that you're not struggling. Here we got all of the so called low income problems and the middle class problems at the same time.
1: Yep. <laughs> the only thing that's not
0: better. The only yep. thing that's not better is that we got the hell out of a trailer park that I was stuck in for 12 years. mm -hmm, (laughs) You know, like, mm -hmm. and so, like, so we say we have a house, but we don't own this house. But I did own that trailer. I didn't own the land, but I own that trailer that fell apart. I mean, like, it was Mm -hmm. horrible. And the the neighbors were uh, dealing with a lot of uh, issues that weren't good, so it wasn't a nice place to live. Right. And you make it through those things, and then the house that we live in, it's nice, it's great, it's beautiful. It's, it's on a street, which is not something that I had lived near before. We got these two houses beside of us that are renters, and it looks like the trailers. I mean, like, the woman beside of us died since we moved in here. We walked into the house. And I'm like, oh, my God, this woman died because of this house. Like, it's it got mold in it, I can tell. Mildew oh, no. Like, yeah. In there. And, you know, the landlord's like, oh. And, and like, I just want to say this publicly because it's evil. I mean, he's like, oh, she lived there 14 years and I always pay her rent. Like, she was a family friend. And I'm like, oh, God. But that don't I, mean,
1: that's that's awful. That's what you do to fr- a family friend. What would you that's do That's what somebody? I'm saying. Oh, like. No.
0: If that's what you do to your friends. Yeah. God forbid. um Yeah, that's that. When that you think we're anything lower, um, so yeah, like hell no, we're not buying that house. And there's there's no way. Like that's a curse. Like that house is a curse. Mm-hmm. And so, how can you ignore who lives right beside of you? This is your neighbors. Ooh. Like how do you do it? And you see in West Virginia, some people live in mansions, and right beside of it's a trail park, yeah. and they're just like, oh, well, they, them people aren't working hard. <laughs> like you're supposed to. the trickle down economics. You're not sharing, are you? You know, like you're not doing what you're supposed to. do. You know? Supposed to do. Yep. you know, they get stuck in greed, and I thank God the greed is greed and jealousy, envy. Those things I have, in me, have never had to deal with, but I've had to deal with all kinds of people, and especially in the political world. Yes, the yes. The boots on the ground yep. that get paid. Oh, they want to knock, see, I'm on the chessboard. Oh, they want to throw me off that thing. They want to catch me on fire and burn me. You know, like, they, they want the attention. <laughs> this is not about compliments and attention and feeling good. This is about justice, you know, and, that, and then they say, too, oh, well, that's in your past. That's in your past. Don't talk about your past. Um, No, my past didn't know. My past is the present and the future. Ooh. And until we right the wrongs of the past and learn from the mistakes and grow, well, you've got to stretch and grow and grow pain. Hurt, You know, like, they hurt it's real bad. bad. i been mean, getting them, you know, constantly. Um, doesn't feel good. When you get out of the point of where all you want to do is just feel good and avoid not feeling good, then you don't care what pain you have to go through to do the right thing.
1: hmm Yep.
0: You just do it. You know, because like, it's the right thing. And then you think, well, what's the next right step? And and you do it. You get something in your heart and you say, oh, I'm a Chicago person. You should call them. Don't sit and go, well, maybe they're too busy. Well, they may be about to kill themselves. <laughs> like, you know, like you better start calling. Like, that's something else. You know, people got jealous because Bernie Sanders told MSNBC about me. And so MSNBC called me, you know, and they're like, well, we're going to do a McDowell County Town Hall. Well, people don't realize how many dreams I have had and why what pushes me to try to make this stuff happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was in the third grade was the first time I ever went to the state capitol, and um, they didn't tell us that we could be one of those legislators. They didn't tell us in the third grade. We were amazed to see gold on top of the building.
1: In third <laughs> grade. So, yeah. Wow, I, mean, I mean, it's a pretty I'm, building, I'm, I'm, but yeah, very, very true.
0: <laughs> but you're like, wow! You've never seen this before? Amazing and marble and you don't know what's going on. Uh, we went ice skating that year. Our school was shutting down. So they took the money to take us on field trips. We hadn't been on field trips before. Oh, so, I mean, it was the best yeah. school I ever went to, Him Hill Elementary. Legalized hemp. legalized marijuana. Um so Hill, <laughs> it was the best. It was just cool kids. Like people didn't beat each other out there, but they did it all the other schools I went to. Yeah. Um, so um the next time I went to the Capitol was after uh, I survived a traumatic brain injury, being paralyzed, was in a coma and stuff from a car wreck. And I had just gotten out of the hospital when I got to go on an upper bound trip at 16 mm-hmm. years old to go to the Capitol to meet the governor, Bob Wise, and my sister Samantha got to go too. And there's, I didn't remember this until some months, just some months back. Um, like that that's when it happened and I looked it up and there's an article about it uh you know as I was trying to get a book together well an outline of a book together for what has happened from 2013 to election day of 2016 (laughs) of all the things I didn't know about before (laughs) and how stuff worked out Mm -hmm. not the way people think they are going to um I found that article and so I was like, well, that was the second time I went to the Capitol, and then I could remember what was going on. And they didn't tell us that time that we could be legislators either, but something important happened that day. So I didn't know what funding meant, right? <laughs> Money, that's right. what it was. So they they wanted children's funding, funding for children, but they didn't have not one child there at the Capitol. And in my smart 16-year-old self... You know, I've just thought, well, this is stupid. They're not going to help no kids out. There's not even a kid here. And, though, what they did do is they had a pair pair of shoes to represent each child that they, so called served in their Mm -hmm. program. And they had a
1: letter.
0: They had a letter in each pair of shoes. And when those legislators read those letters, and those letters of those children are the same stories that I speak of today that I have gone through, Mm -hmm. when they heard those stories, they approved that funding. Now, at that time, I did not know you're going to have to keep doing the same song and dance over and over and over again because none of those legislators knew what it was like to be poor. But at that time, back when I was 16 years old, I said, wow, well, if that's all it took, <laughs> you know, to get them the money they need, all I got to do is get a van full. I wasn't even thinking but You know, I was picking a van of 10 people from McDowell County. And we'll take them to the Capitol and we'll let them tell them legislators how it is. And uh, we will get things turned around for McDowell County. Mm-hmm. And the executive director of the Upper Bound program that I was in said, "You know, never had, me. She said, and she's somebody I looked up to. She was who I thought was rich. You know, her big two-story house was always getting bigger and better. Uh, not business suits and her makeup done all the time. Uh, that my mom cleaned houses for, you know, mm-hmm. this, this is how we are, you know. Oh, well, if I got listened to somebody like her, uh, she's so-called smarter than me. So she, I said, well, why not? Why would it never happen? She said, because you don't have any money and you don't have any power. And I said, well, what if I got somebody to give me a million dollars? This is at 16. I'm like, maybe if if I... I wasn't thinking to tell my own story, right? Because taught me not to speak about myself. Uh, but if I could get somebody else to say something and I'll do it with them, then maybe they'll give them a million dollars. They'll say, well, they do need help. Here you go. Maybe a rich person will do that. She said, no, even if you got a million dollars, it won't be enough. And she said, things are too corrupt. I don't know what she's talking about. She was like, things are too corrupt in McDowell you can't turn it around and I believed her and I let go of that dream until uh I was 29 years old and I was taking that Appalachian culture class and I was figuring out I was the one living in poverty and the whole time I was in college professors hated me almost all of them hated me they didn't want me to talk they talked about biases and stuff and they had biases towards me. I, 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 I think they did. They were, they were evil to me. Some of the counselors were. Mm-hmm. I mean, they would laugh at me and tell me I needed a reality TV show to make fun of me. You know, when I would tell them how my cousin died from an asthma attack. Or I would tell them how somebody hit my cat at a stop sign and killed it. You know, like, they would laugh at me. I would be like, what's wrong with these people? You know, like, well, they don't have hearts.
1: Right.
0: You know, it's so funny the way you tell us, it, Sabrina. It's hilarious. And I'm like, what is hilarious about people and animals dying? Like, this is not funny. And I was like this is not good. But um, I started testing the waters. I, as fate would have it, I would end up in meetings and at conferences, and I would go, I mean, everybody would be like, but then people for and be like, I'm the first person in my family that went to college. And everybody's like, all oh, great. And they're listening to everything they got to say. But that person d- didn't know what it was like to live the way I did. You could tell. They were they, 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 way more privileged. And so um, I started to say, when they would say, introduce yourself and say something inspiring, I'd say, well, my name is Sabrina Schrader, and I'm the only person in my family who was able to graduate high school. Oh. And, and that's when I'd hear silence, right? And I'd be like, well, they're not clapping for that because they don't think high schools did enough, right? right? So I'd say, well, to add to that, I got a bachelor's degree in 2008. Well, that made them clap, right? <laughs> but I'm saying, Lord willing, I'm going to get a master's degree, you know, in oh, 2013 or 2014 summer 2014. they're like, Whoa, yeah! Well, it wasn't the Lord's will. It wasn't the will for my life to do that. So I could just stay stuck in a job, working myself to death, trying to save all these people that I couldn't save because it was systematic errors. It wasn't it? And the people that were in power over us creating these systems and these patterns and these designs and nothing was going to change. And that all I would be doing was paying for a house and a car and to buy kids things like that. I, I mean, like, that's that's not how I want to live my life. I, I'm, gl- I'm really. grateful I grew up the way I did because yep. I know what life is about. You know <laughs> what a good life is supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm doing my best to create. My parents, they didn't act like they were perfect. They never taught us to act like we were better than anybody. As a matter of fact, they would say, If somebody comes knocking on the door, even if it's two o'clock in the morning, and this happened several times when I was a kid, and they're a stranger, and they say they're hungry, whatever we got to eat, give it to them. They say you don't know if that's Jesus knocking at the door, and they would they would invite the people in, whoever was. Sometimes it'd be a couple people, a man and a woman, and they would talk to him. Sometimes they talked to him for hours. I always listened when I was a kid. I hardly ever slept. I didn't I mean, like I listened to what was going on. I was absorbing everything. Um, and they wouldn't let me stay the night, you know, because they had us four kids. And they kept us safe and protected. But they would be good to whoever showed up at the door. And they would give them whatever food they had. And they give them advice and fellowship with them. Yeah. How many people would, if somebody came and knocked on your door and you didn't know them, I mean, you will not see them. I mean, people get so stingy and greedy. They don't want to uh, feed a person who's begging for help on the side of the road.
1: That's true. I mean, that's really true. So um, <laughs> so just thinking about some final just final thoughts, because I definitely want to follow up. I want to follow up with you about the petition that you mentioned to see if we can get you know <laughs> that moving some, see if I can help with that a little bit. But also, you know, I would love to keep, you know, just keep having conversations with you because you're, you're – you're, you're, your, your, your experience while we have different backgrounds, there are some similarities, but I, but I, I love, I love talking to real people. (laughs) I mean, I love talking to real people with real experiences because that's what we need more of. We need more of us sharing our voices and our stories and stuff. But I was just wondering, you know, um, just closing out, just, just any final thoughts or, or parting words for at least this conversation between us that you might have.
0: Um, well, when I was five years old in kindergarten, they the teacher said, Be the change that you wish to see in the world. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, ever since
0: I heard that at five years old, that's what I've done my best to do. And I didn't say, Oh, nobody shows me this, or Who do I like? I'd be like, Well, just be like Jesus. <laughs> be like Jesus, it's that simple. What did Jesus do? Jesus didn't say, I'm paying too much in taxes so I don't want uh, these welfare kids to get a new pair of tennis shoes once a year when they get their their parents get their earned income tax credit." <laughs> you know, like, you know, we've got that going on. We've got pastors and preachers saying things like where I live. I'm calling out on it. You gotta, you gotta do something, right? Right. Uh, we they say we're getting tired to take, the motivated are getting tired to take care of the unmotivated. Well, if people could just understand that to those who have had know what it feels like to drown, and I've been saved from physically drowning before, <laughs> uh, you, when you get to that point and you know how that feels, or you know how it feels to almost died and somebody hadn't came and saved you, you would be dead. You get to that point it's the people who's been drowning that you're not helping that is gonna lend you a helping hand when you get to that point. So it's very important that you take your blinders off of your eyes. That makes you think that you deserve what you got while others around you have less. Because you haven't done anything any better to deserve that, this is you're going systematically you're going along with this system that is causing poverty, and uh love does not cause create or endure or embrace poverty. It uplifts, so I ask that you be the change that you wish to see in the world, and I hope. <laughs> that that is full of love. If it's full of hate, I guess that's just what we're just going to have to keep pushing through.
1: I love it. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Like, it's been a pleasure to talk with you. It's not like, um, I don't talk like this with everybody. Like, it has to be an open mm-hmm. open air. Uh, you know, like, it doesn't, Is I get blocked. Uh, quite a bit that's not like it just flows all the time like that Um,
1: well I appreciate appreciate, like I said I appreciate just being able to just sit down and have good conversations and to listen Um, because I'm a talker too